1: this is the california report good morning i'm lily jamali there is some light at the end of the shelter-in-place tunnel governor gavin newsom is laying out a roadmap for what the easing of california's coronavirus lockdown might look like but his daily briefing on the state's approach toward managing the pandemic he ruled out a return to the way things were just a month ago normal it will not be he said yesterday and as kqed's guy Marzorati reports the governor also stopped short of setting an end date for the state's stay-at-home requirements
2: newsom wants to see progress in six areas before california can reopen they include widespread testing well-resourced health systems protections for the most vulnerable residents and the development of therapeutic drugs to treat coronavirus Ann Newsom says it won't happen all at once. There's no light switch here. I would argue it's more like a dimmer, this toggling back and forth between more restrictive and less restrictive measures. Sonia Angel, director of California's Department of Public Health, says when it comes time to open businesses and schools, Physical distancing will still need to be followed.
3: This time period that we're entering is not about going back to where we were before. It's about going forward in ways that are healthy for all of us. But it won't look the same.
2: Angel says Californians should be prepared to see restaurants with fewer tables, people still wearing masks, and if cases spike, another lockdown. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzorati.
1: Airports around the state have taken a huge hit as the coronavirus crisis has all but shut down air travel. They're about to get some help, thanks to the federal government's recently passed $2 trillion relief package. KQED's Dan Brecky has that story.
2: Major airports like those in Los Angeles and San Francisco have seen passenger traffic fall by 95% or more since the coronavirus outbreak took hold in California. And the downturn is hitting smaller airports that rely on local revenue for construction, maintenance, and safety projects. To help facilities large and small get through the crisis, the Federal Aviation Administration announced yesterday it's distributing $10 billion to 3,000 airports nationwide. As California's share of that relief, 188 airports will get a total of $1.1 billion. The biggest recipients statewide will be major air hubs like LAX, which will get $323 million to pay for salaries, utility bills, or just about any other need. And even tiny air terminals like Trinity County's Lonnie Pool Field and Wasco Kern County Airport are in line for some help. They'll get $1,000 each. Airports are expected to receive the aid by the end of the month. For the California Report, I'm Dan Brecky.
1: Let's go to Los Angeles County, where all businesses that have remained open during the outbreak must now provide face coverings for their employees. That's according to a new order issued by the county's health department. And as KCRW's Benjamin Gottlieb reports, the directive is just one part of new, stricter guidelines set to go into effect by the end of today.
4: From supermarkets and restaurants to banks and even car repair shops, all essential businesses in L.A. County must follow this face-covering order. L.A. County Supervisor Catherine Barger tells KCRW that sheriff's deputies will give warnings to businesses that don't comply and, quote, may opt to issue a citation if things escalate. Essential businesses must also do the following... Regularly disinfect surfaces that lots of people touch, including things like pay portals. Provide hand sanitizer, soap and water, or some other disinfectant at the entrance of their business, for both customers and employees. And also limit how many people can come inside, so that physical distancing can be maintained. L.A. County's updated rules also require anyone who wishes to enter an essential business, employee or customer, to wear a mask or cloth face covering. Many of L.A. County's 88 incorporated cities already had an order requiring face coverings on the books. But this county directive brings every one of those cities on the same page. For the California Report, I'm Benjamin Gottlieb in Los Angeles.
1: Well, there is no industry in California that hasn't been touched by the coronavirus pandemic, and that includes residential real estate. Even some of the hottest housing markets in the state are reeling from the shock. The California Report's Saul Gonzalez has that story. When real estate
5: agent Kendall Young remembers LA's housing market just before the pandemic hit, she says that homes just about sold themselves.
3: Two months ago, we were an incredibly hot market. Like a blind dog with two legs missing could sell a house, right?
5: But now, the buying and selling of homes have gotten way more difficult to do. Because of social distancing orders, real estate agents aren't allowed to host open houses. It's also more difficult for inspectors and appraisers to visit properties. And who is going to buy a home if they're newly unemployed or worried about losing their job because of the business shutdown? Real estate website Zillow reports home sales are down more than 30% in the Bay Area. Southern California has seen a similar decline, with purchases, at a six-year low, real estate agent Kendall Young.
3: We're going to enter into a period of chaos.
5: And Young says that chaos might not benefit people who are looking to buy an affordable home in California and who are thinking coronavirus fears might just drive real estate prices down. That's because pandemic or no pandemic, the state still has a huge housing shortage.
3: Housing inventory was already at an absolute, complete low. And that isn't going to get fixed by this coronavirus, right? We're not all of a sudden going to get a whole bunch of new inventory.
5: One bright spot? Unlike other states, California is allowing new housing construction to continue during the pandemic as an essential business. For the California Report, I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles.
1: Always looking for a bright spot these days. Thanks to Saul for that story. Well, with the economy thrust into turmoil by the pandemic, we've been spending a lot of time thinking about what the way out of this once-in-a-century moment might look like. So we called up Mary Daly, who heads up the San Francisco Federal Reserve Bank. I started by asking her if she has any
6: doubt that what we're in right now could fairly be called a severe recession. I want to avoid labeling where we are and let history be the determinant of that. But what is clear is that we are going to have negative quarters of growth associated with doing the right thing for public health, and that our road out of that depends very much on the evolution of the coronavirus.
1: And what does that potential recovery look like to you? You mentioned quarters, plural. How many do you
6: think we're going to be in for here? Well, my base case, assuming no resurgence in the virus in the fall, would be that we gradually come back, lifting shelter-in-place rules, getting back out. Consumers will be slow, I think, to reestablish their confidence that they can be out with each other, and they'll gradually come back to full activity. So I'm looking at negative quarters of growth that get better and better as we go through 2020, but they remain negative, and then positive growth restarting in 2021. But the wild card in this, if you will, the thing that we don't know is how the coronavirus will evolve.
1: So negative quarters through the year, based on what we know right now, how do you anticipate that California as a state will come out of recession compared to other states? We were first to shelter in place. Our government
6: seems poised to take it slow. They do. And and actually, that gives me a lot of confidence in the recovery in California. The research from 1918 is definitive on this point. Groups or communities, states that really obeyed public health officials, sheltered in place, and took it slow in the return to work, they actually outperformed other communities in recovering once the coronavirus, or in that case, the Spanish flu, was behind them. So I'm, I'm optimistic for California.
1: Let's talk interest rates for a moment, because they matter for so many of us, whether it's you know somebody wanting to get a mortgage or to borrow money for a business. And you have some say in those interest rates, because you're an alternate member of the Federal Open Market Committee. This is the body um, that raises and lowers benchmark interest rates. So a lot of people who pay attention to these things for a living were surprised that the Federal Reserve lowered rates when they were already very low. Looking back on those decisions, was that a mistake?
6: Oh, we needed to lower rates immediately. I was very supportive of the action. The best practice that we learned from the financial crisis was that aggressive action early puts the economy in the best position to recover.
1: Well, let me follow up on that. What about leading up to this pandemic and the crisis that has resulted? Because rates were already pretty low. I mean, they never got back to normal after the financial crisis. So if the economy was so strong, as we were all told it was, why did rates need to stay below normal?
6: So the economy was on extremely solid footing before the pandemic came to the U.S. shores. And this has put us, again, on a good foundation. And rates were... Rates were at the right level to ensure that the economy continued to expand. We want to achieve our congressionally mandated goals of full employment and price stability, and we still had room to run on the labor market, and we still needed to get inflation back up to its 2% target. So we were doing that with the rates we had, and what we did – When we saw that there was going to be this massive economic shock is we lowered rates to provide more stimulus to the economy to ensure it's on the best possible footing when the coronavirus is behind us. I mean, imagine how much worse it would have been if we didn't have an economy on solid footing.
1: The last thing I want to ask you is just stepping back, how do you view this economic
6: moment? You know, the way I view it is more a moment for the American people. The American people have collectively decided we will do the right thing for public health even though it creates incredible pain and suffering for people who lose their jobs and lose their businesses. And the economic moment is we have to remember those individuals and leave no one behind as we recover. That's the commitment we need to make.
1: All right. Mary Daly, president of the San Francisco Federal Reserve Bank, thank you so much. Thank you. Finally this morning, since quarantine started in the U.S., people everywhere have rushed to take in new pets. And it's not just adoptions. According to PetPoint, a site that tracks data from animal wellness agencies, the rates of pet fostering have exploded too. KCRW's Danielle Chiriguayo has more from L.A. on the benefits of having a pet in the COVID-19 era.
3: Chris Ramon manages the animal foster program at the Pasadena Humane Society and SPCA. As COVID-19 started to make its way through Southern California, Ramon got nervous. His shelter needed to reduce its staff in order to safely social distance.
5: We really had to just switch our focus from a vulnerable population to we need to get everybody out right now because if we can get the population to as close to zero on campus, then that would allow for a skeleton crew so that we could allow for physical distancing.
3: But Ramon worried no one would be thinking about taking in a pet with all the distractions of the pandemic. So he and his team turned to social media, posting cute pictures of cats and dogs and urging Angelinos to foster an animal. The results blew him away.
5: It was amazing to see that first kind of wave of emails that came in that said, I'm being asked to stay home for the next two or three weeks because of COVID-19. So since I'm here, let me go ahead and foster an animal since they knew that we needed the help.
3: The Pasadena Humane Society has received more than 1,500 emails in the past month from people who want to help. And Pasadena is not alone. Shelters across Los Angeles have seen similar rises in foster and adoption numbers. So what is it about animals that appeals to people during a crisis? Karen North is a professor of communication at USC. Bringing
6: in an animal is one way of meeting some emotional needs and providing emotional support for those of us who are in distress, which is pretty much everybody these days.
3: North wants to make sure, though, that pet adopters are not taking on more than they can handle.
6: I do worry that in times of distress, people are more drawn to try to take on a pet because they think that they need it, and they forget that although their needs are being met, they also have to give back and actually care for a living thing.
3: But plenty of people are well-equipped to care for animals during this uncertain time. Take Mara Rodriguez. She's a zookeeper at Moore Park College near Simi Valley.
1: I feel so blessed that I'm around this group of animals that has no idea what's going on in the world.
3: Rodriguez has worked with animals her entire career,
1: and they make her happy. I just walk two goats, and... I haven't felt that much joy in my heart in so long because the unfortunate events that surround all of us right now, I just forgot
2: about them for a good 20 minutes as I ran around the zoo with these goats who were funny and eating their yams and carrots like it was the
3: greatest tasting thing they've ever had. She said it's comforting to know that in our time of need, our four-legged friends have got our backs, whether that's a cat, a dog, or even a goat. For The California Report, I'm Danielle Chiriguayo in Los Angeles.
1: And that is The California Report for this Wednesday, April 15th, a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Lily Dramali. Be well, everyone, and thanks for listening.
2: Support for the California Report comes from California Earthquake Authority, offering earthquake insurance to help Californians protect their financial futures. EarthquakeAuthority.com Personal Capital, offering customized socially responsible investing options to align with personal values, addressing environmental, social, and corporate governance. PersonalCapital.com And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose Fund for Strategic Innovation supports transformative ideas that benefit humanity while protecting the natural world, recognizing through science the interdependence of all living systems.
0: Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best
2: interest. Hey, John Favreau here. There's no shortage of political takes in 2024, but quantity doesn't cut it.